word servant, if you look it up in a dictionary, there's a picture. And the picture is, it's the same picture as Paul Licklider. How many would say he's a servant? He's an example, a, a leader of servants. And so him and Sue both. Praise his name. Okay, I want to start off as we get back into our series on legacy and what have you. I want to, I want to ask you the question, what are you asking God to do in your life? And I'm talking about not just the perfunctory, uh, you know, Lord, I need this, I need that. I mean, something big, something you have been asking for, something that you're really, I mean, it's a big, big, big request. What is that thing? How many's tracking with me? Okay? I'm not talking about something small. I'm talking about something large. What is it that's large that you are asking God to do? I'm not going to ask you that you would uh, uh, tell or speak it out right now. All I'm going to say is hold on to that thought. We will revisit it. But right now, I want you to think. And if you're not, if you're not asking for something big, this is brand new news to you, then I'm going to plant the seed right now. Think of what you could ask God for that is big. I'm going to give you a few seconds. I'll make you uncomfortable, in fact. Silence. I want you to think about it for just a couple of seconds. What is it that you're asking God to do that's big, that's large? We have a big God. What is it that you're asking a big God to do in your life? Okay, you got that? So hold on to that thought, and uh, I want to talk about a, the name of the message is the importance of a mantle, the importance of a mantle. Got that, Bradley? Bradley does all the work to uh, upload the sermons, and so uh, he'll say, what was the name of that? So uh, the importance of a mantle. You could almost say, better, better stated, the importance of an anointing. I'm going to be talking about anointing. So the importance of having an anointing. So uh, that, that's uh, oftentimes an anointing, a, a mantle. Well, a mantle is a garment. In the, in the Old Testament and New Testament, there are those who had a certain garment, and the garment represented uh, a, not just authority, but a spiritual anointing, especially the prophets of old. They were anointed, and they were anointed of God, and what they wore, as you saw them coming, it was a declaration of, oh, here comes the prophet. He's wearing the mantle. He's wearing the certain garb that identifies him as someone who is the, representing the messenger of the voice of God to share with, with kings, with people, with nations. And so mantle means glorious, it means powerful, it means noble, it means worthy. You know, it's interesting. Sometimes you don't know exactly is this 100% truth, but there's a lot of tradition. And in Jewish tradition, there is a Jewish tradition that says that the mantle of Elijah. Now we're going to be looking into this, Elijah and Elisha, and talking about the mantle. Most of you here, you know what the mantle is all about. It was what Elijah, the prophet, wore, and he was a great man. Many, many, many miracles took place, uh, demonstrative miracles, impressive miracles. Three and a half years, it doesn't rain because he says, would you call that a miracle? Yes. And then say, now it's going to rain. And, uh, and the rain comes, uh, and it goes on and on. But the Jewish tradition says that the mantle of Elijah, which went to Elisha. By the way, they're not twins, Elijah and Elisha. They weren't even related. They just have very similar uh, confusing names. It ties them together. So Elisha would end up with that mantle, but at some point, the Jewish tradition says that the mantle of Elijah was placed in a golden, uh, or a chamber, I'm sorry, in the golden altar. It was put into a chamber in the golden altar. Now, how many remember Zach Zacharias in the New Testament? Zacharias was the father of who? 
John the Baptist. So Zacharias was also a priest, and he was a priest at the temple. And the tradition says that after John the Baptist, his son, was born, at some point, Zacharias took the mantle out of the box that was at the golden altar and gave it to his son. Now, that may kind of seem strange and like, you know, I don't know how much stock I put into that. But here's what we know. John the Baptist, it was stated in Scripture that he came in the spirit and in the power of Elijah. He came in the spirit. He came in the power of Elijah. He was also the forerunner of the Christ. Hallelujah. And he was asked by many people, are you, are you the resurrected Elijah? Why did they identify him as Elijah? What was, what was so special about him? And you know, when you read about, about John the Baptist, it doesn't seem like he performed any miracles, but he was a preacher of repentance. And people listened to him. People were convicted. You know, today we get convicted by the Holy Spirit, right? How many has ever been convicted by somebody else? How many knows which one is best? Just think if I had to go, by the way, I do know some preachers of old that that would be their, that would be their uh, goal. I'm going to convict as many of them as I can before they get out of this building. Well, I'm going to let that job be the Holy Spirit's job. The Holy Spirit's job is really good about, he's really good about convicting us, isn't he? Now, our messages lead to conviction when the Holy Spirit anoints us to do all kinds of things, from repentance to even, uh, even service or whatever it might be. And so, we don't really read that John the Baptist performed any miracles, but he was a preacher of righteousness, and people came by the throngs and were baptized by him. And that's why so many of them said, are you the Elijah of old? And obviously he was not. So it doesn't matter if he had that mantle or not. He had a spiritual mantle. He had a mantle. Now my goal, my goal is this, that in these messages of legacy, of passing on, we have mantles that we pass on. I had one of the greatest compliments I've ever had just a couple nights ago. When my oldest son says, Dad, I want to be just like you. You know, it cost me 50 bucks. <laughs> wow. And if I had more, I would have given you. Not really. But what, what a compliment. And, and as I see him walking with the Lord, that's the most important thing to me in my life is him walking with Jesus. And when I see my other three walking with the Lord, ministering, that is, I am rich. I'm wealthy. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I believe that everyone should be passing down a mantle Men and women, matriarchal mantles, patriarchal mantles. And a mantle, again, is an anointing. It really is anointing. I'm not wearing any type of garb that says I am some priest or I am someone who is a mighty prophet. But I believe I have a mantle of the Holy Spirit upon me. And the mantle of the Holy Spirit upon me allows me to speak, to teach, to preach, and to do so hopefully effectively, because not of what is within me, but is with the Holy Spirit as He overshadows us. And watch out when the Holy Spirit overshadows you. You could even get pregnant. I'm just saying. It happened to Mary. The Holy Spirit overshadowed her, and Something took place within her, conceived, hallelujah. So as I, as I look at, at what is happening with John the Baptist, and, and we are also told that, uh, that Elijah the prophet would turn the hearts of 
the fathers to their children. That he would turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. And we also know this. If you've read this scripture before that I'm going to read to you. But that the power of God in one's life can be transferred. Transferred. Just think of that. We transfer blessings. Have you ever thought about it? You can transfer a blessing to someone and an anointing to someone. It says in Psalm 71, 18 from the New Living Translation, it says, I am old now that I am old and gray. I am so glad I'm not old. The gray, it's been with me a long time. It says, now that I am old and gray, do not abandon me, O God. Let me proclaim your power to this new generation, your mighty miracles to all who come after me. That's really about a transfer of power that is within you, a transfer of anointing that is within you. Now, I want to share about the spiritual legacy, the spiritual uh, mantle, the spiritual anointing concerning Elijah and Elisha. And so, 2 Kings chapter 2, and we're going to read uh, a number of verses here, but it's a great story. It's an awesome story. Are you ready? Say, I'm ready. All right. And it came to pass what the Lord, that when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into where? Heaven. By a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. You know, I've thought about that before. Of all the ways that God could have taken Elijah up out of here into heaven, he came up with something really unique. A whirlwind. I wonder if that's what Dorothy experienced from Kansas when the tornado came. Just That's kind of a whirlwind, isn't it? Kind of lifted her up. And it says that Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. But Elisha said, Oh, as the Lord lives, as your soul lives, I will not leave you. How many can say he's determined? So then they went down to Bethel. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha. By the way, these sons of the prophets... They were a group of, of young prophets, and they stayed. Uh, wherever Elijah went, they would go as well. They were students. He was their mentor. So it says, uh, now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elijah and said to him, do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over, from over you today? And he said, yes, I know. Keep silent. That's a polite way of saying, shut up. Then Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Jericho. Huh, he's going to go to another town. But Elijah says to him, or Elisha says to him, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho came to Elisha and said, do you not know the Lord's going to take away your master today? And he answered them, yes, I know, shut up. That's the Peterson translation. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me onto the Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives, as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on, and the fifty sons of the prophets went and stood facing them at a distance, while the two of them stood by the Jordan. Now Elijah took his mantle, he rolled it up, and he struck the water, the Jordan River, and it was divided in half, this way and that way, so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. How many impressed right now? Elijah's the man. He is the man. He is the spiritual man of God. And he's powerful because he has a mantle or he has the anointing. He has an anointing. The mantle is a representation of who he is as a man of God and as a prophet of the Lord. So I want to share some keys with you today that will help you, I believe. 
And the first one is this. Spiritual determination. Spiritual determination. I've got more to say about it, but I want to just emphasize those two words. Spiritual determination. You rise, you fall, uh, all concerning your spiritual determination. You got determined to, that I'm saved and I'm going to stay saved. I'm going to stay saved. I'm determined. I'm going to serve the Lord in the good times and the bad times. During the challenging times, I'm going to serve the Lord. Come on, somebody. Some of you have walked through some dark places, dark valleys, dark times in your lives. There's times if you could turn it back, you would change some things, I'll bet. But you can't. But you know what? You can overcome where you were, and today, walk the road that says, I am more than a conqueror, and I am anointed, and I walk in that anointing. So spiritual determination is the key to spiritual anointing. Spiritual determination is the key to spiritual anointing. Folks, we need an anointing. Everybody in this room needs an anointing. I don't care what age you are, you need an anointing. And guess, guess what? When you wore the garment, the mantle, people saw you come and they said, that is an anointed man of God. But when you wear the Holy Spirit on your life, when you're walking in the presence of the Holy Spirit, you're just as notable as the one who was called Elijah who had a mantle to identify him. You're identified by the Holy Spirit, right? When you go to work tomorrow, when you go to school tomorrow, wherever you're going, whatever you're doing, you can be recognized by your anointing. I believe that with all my heart. If you, if you, have a, if you work with people, most of you do, you can be identified not by, you know, here's all about myself and give that to someone. You know what? They're going to be like, such a big deal you are. But if you are walking in the anointing, you will be known for who you are. The anointing is that strong. And you don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be a teacher. You don't have to be a licensed minister. I mean, all you need to be is someone who is a lover of God, a follower after God, filled with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will clothe you and be a mantle around you that is identified, identifiable. So, hallelujah, Spiritual determination is the key to spiritual anointing. And folks, if you haven't found out by now since we just read the passage, Elisha had a spiritual determination. Some of you have been, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You have been tough-minded spiritually, and you hung in there, and you have received an anointing because you were spiritually determined. Praise God. Some of you, others, you've lost out because you were not determined enough. So the key today is get determined. Reestablish your determination. Your determination. Now for Elisha, he probably knew this, but would you agree with me? Elijah was testing him. Elijah knows what's going to happen. He is the prophet of God. I mean, if those 50 kids out there know he's going to be taken up that day, don't you think Elijah knows that? He may not be certain what, uh, you know, what venue he was going to have. You know, God could have sent down a helicopter. That would have been really cool. I mean, they would have looked at that and they said, Aliens! But God raised him up, picked him up, and brought him into heaven. But before that took place, Elijah was testing Elisha. And I can prove it to you because do you remember what happened when Elijah first met Elisha? God told him to go to this young man and anoint him because he will follow after you. And so when he found him and he was in the mountains and God arranged, it was really a cool story for his, for Elisha's father's 
animals to be lost, and Elijah's looking for them desperately, and Elijah finds him, and one of the first things Elijah does, he takes his mantle, and he puts his mantle over Elisha. And he follows up by saying, what have I done to you? How cool it would be to be a prophet. When I read about the prophets, they normally die some horrible death. They go through some horrible things. Yeah, they were powerful, miracles, what have you, impressive. But you know what? They, they lived tough, hard lives. Seems like most of the time they were poor. Most of the time they didn't have a roof over their head. It, who would want to be a prophet, in other words? But Elijah says, what have I done to you? You know, with, with you guys becoming associate pastors, what have I done to you? <laughs> ministry is not always fun. Ministry is not always what you might think it is or going to be because things can happen in ministry that's disappointing. Is it okay to be real? Yes, amen. Just because you're in ministry doesn't mean everything's going to happen uh, perfectly. There are going to be challenges. There are going to be issues. It, it's, it's just part of the venue of being in ministry, of being in ministry. Are there joys? Absolutely. Are, are there blessings? Absolutely. So are you still glad you're in ministry? Absolutely. I really am. But I will tell you that there are challenges. But everybody has challenges. I don't care who you are. And as a believer, every believer here has challenges. That's because we face an enemy on a daily basis. And the enemy, he knows your cell phone number. He hacks into your computer. He knows what's going on in your life. And he's constantly reminding you that you are not anything. That you are minimal. That, that uh, God doesn't really love you. He will lie to you because he is the father of all lies. Not some lies, all lies. Just think, he fathered the lies. He brought them into conception. He's the father of lies. And so we have here in this, in this story, Elijah, who puts his mantle of anointing over this young man and immediately says, what have I done to you? Now we're getting really close to where the rubber hits the road where he's about ready to be translated out of here, and he knows that Elisha is going to take his spot, his place, and he gets to go through all the things that Elijah went through. How many remembers that uh, one of the great stories of, of Elijah was that uh, he had a battle with 400-plus prophets of Baal? I mean, he won the battle. I mean, that, that, it's a tremendous story. We won't go into it. You know the story. If you don't, read about it. But it was a tremendous, tremendous victory over the works of Satan. It wasn't less than 24 hours, however, that he was running for his life, scared, spitless, because of a woman who made a threat against him that you will surely die the same day. And he ran off, he hid, he was forlorn. He was totally in depression and saying to the, to the Father, Father, God Almighty, why am I even alive? And the Lord had to minister to him. In fact, it was during this whole time that God told him, you will give your anointing to someone else. I'm raising up someone to take your place. And that would be Elisha. So no wonder Elijah would say to Elisha, what have I done to you? You're going to be a prophet. Oh, do you know my life? You've been following me, so you should know it to some degree. So that is, that is what has taken place. But Elisha, nonetheless, was determined. Folks, be determined. Be determined to be the instrument of the Lord God. Someone here, come on now. Be determined to be the handmaiden of the Lord, to be the servant of the Lord. What well, we prayed today over Joe and Stacy is going to be awesome, and there will also be tough times. 
and this is no new revelation, but there'll be tough people you have to deal with. <laughs> alert, alert, alert. You're kidding. There's tough people who are believers. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. And there'll be challenges. But you know what? You have the anointing to go before you. Especially after today, because of whatever you had before, which was awesome, the laying on of hands was a furtherance of anointing. Hallelujah. And we don't take that lightly. Amen. And so, uh, so now we get determined to, to receive the anointing, but we need to talk about the anointing, what the anointing is. And not only was it an anointing, he is saying, I want twice what you have. Elisha says, I want twice what you got, Elijah. Because Elijah says, what do you want me to do for you? I want twice your anointing. I would love to have it in Scripture if it just said, are you kidding? But Elijah never says that. Elijah says, you just asked for a hard thing. And then Elijah didn't make it really clear. He says, if it happens, basically you'll know it. If it doesn't, you'll know it. And so Elisha is asking for a double anointing. A double anointing. And I think of, of the blessing. And what he is really asking is really biblical though, folks. It's very, very biblical. It started off with the Ab Abrahamic blessing. Remember when God says, if you will follow me, if you will go where I tell you to go, if you'll do what I tell you to do, I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. And throughout all of history, all of history, the peoples of the world have been blessed, blessed, blessed by the Father above. I totally believe that the same blessing that goes to Abraham went to me as well and goes to you. If you're a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, we all get to share in that incredible, awesome blessing. Someone today, come on. The blessing of Abraham. Whoever blesses you will be blessed. Whoever curses you will be cursed. Now, it says, in, you know, not only Abraham, but we've got other examples. How many remembers Isaac, the son of Abraham? He would receive the blessing of Abraham and he would begin a, a destiny that was a heritage of family as the son, the really first son of Abraham and Sarah and Sarai. We've got the example of, of Jacob, Jacob and Esau. Jacob, you see, the firstborn always had double the blessing. How many knows that? The firstborn in the Old Testament and actually it would have been into the New Testament as well, they, had, they got to enjoy twice the inheritance. They got double everything. There was a blessing to be the firstborn. And so we've got, we've got two guys who are born, twins, but the second one, who, was not, who didn't come out of the womb first, he was really the second. And so his other brother, his twin, is really the oldest. He's the one who got the firstborn blessing. Thing is, that wasn't the, that wasn't the individual who was going to receive the blessing from God because God knew his spirit and knew his heart. And so eventually, Jacob received that blessing. Now you talk about determination. So this is the greatest determination in the world, in the Bible, in all of history. Jacob wrestled God. You talk about WWE. You talk about the skilled fighters that are out there. He wrestled God. Now some of you have lipped off to God. But have you ever wrestled God? I mean where you got into it with God and Jacob refused to let go. And finally, God, he said, okay, this battle is over with. And he touched his hip, and, uh, and that's a whole other story. But he limped the rest of his life. 
but he received the anointing. He no longer was Jacob. He was now Israel. So we see it's normal in the Old Testament to desire a double blessing, a double blessing. And that's really what Elisha was doing. He was asking for a double blessing from Elisha or Elijah. So it's, it's not that uh, unheard of. And uh, another one that I came across was, uh, was Hannah. Remember Hannah, who was the mother of, of, uh, of Samuel. And so uh, she received a double blessing from her husband because she couldn't bear children. So he always gave her a double portion of all the food and double portion of this and that. He probably gave her a double portion of himself. You remember when uh, he said, well, don't be sad, Hannah. You know, I mean, you've got me. Am I not worth more than 10 children? That's the funniest one in the Bible. That's, that's what I call that. So a double portion of blessing upon Israel is found in Isaiah 61.7. Israel received a double blessing. Job, what happened after all of his sufferings? After he lost everything, what was he blessed with? Double what he had before. Now the negative side of that is in Revelation 18.6. And that's when uh, it says in Revelation that there will be a double portion of judgment. So that's nothing that any of us here want. So re request for a double anointing was something that was actually acceptable. Now what? we get to the point where, okay, so he goes up in a whirlwind, and Elijah does. His mantle comes flying down. Elisha picks it up. He now has a mantle that belonged to Elijah, and immediately he uses it. He parts the Jordan River, and all the 50 prophets said, oh, he's got it. Oh, he's got the anointing. Oh, they, they just start going. They start praising the Lord. Hallelujah. He's got the anointing. He now has the anointing. So it says, in, you know, there's many, 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 many commentators, and even just the plain students of the word, who they try to figure out, so how many exactly miracles did Elijah have? Because uh, you probably heard that Elisha did twice that which Elijah did to confirm the double blessing. And you will get all kinds of numbers. You really will. And uh, I've heard that Elijah, or Elijah did eight miracles and Elisha did 16. I've heard that uh, uh, he did six, Elijah did 16 and Elisha did 32. I've heard, oh, there's, there's a few more. I don't think it's, it's really totally settled, but I have seen one where uh, stat that was kind of agreed upon, and that was uh, that Elijah did 14 miracles and Elisha did 28. Now, you know what? It really doesn't matter. Just read the Bible, and you'll find out that Elisha was incredibly blessed, that he did some incredible things. So did Elijah, but Elisha did obviously more because there's more, uh, there's more than the word. So, Personal observation is uh, when I read about the miracles, because I, I wanted to refresh myself about all the miracles Elijah did and all the miracles that Elisha did. Let me tell you something. I was surprised at how many miracles are not what I would call incredible supernatural miracles. You know, they are prophetic words. When a prophetic word was given by Elijah, that was counted as a miracle. I mean, these are great prophetic words. It's going to rain. It's not going to rain. What have you? Elisha did the same thing. Almost one-third over of the miracles attributed to Elisha were actually prophetic words. I've been talking a lot about words, giving words. Maybe you're not out there causing an axe head to float in the water. How many tried it? Well, you don't know until you try it. You lose an axe head. No one's around. It's going to come back up. Maybe that hasn't happened to you. 
But how many times could the Holy Spirit use you in giving a word to someone? I'm getting back to the word thing. A word of knowledge. A word of discerning. A word of instruction that is needed. Neil uh, just took on an associate pastor at Plainview. And then, uh, he's a guy that grew up in our church in Riddle and Oregon. And uh, known him very, very, very well. His family and a uh, great young man. Uh, if you're in your 40s, are you still young? Okay, good. So he's a young man. James says no. <laughs> you got one foot in, right? One foot in already, man. So Jeff is his name. He's a really, really, really good guy. And I so appreciated his mom. And I just saw him for the first time in over 20 years, uh, two nights ago. And so while we were there talking, I said, now, tell me about your mom. Her name is Letha. How is Letha? Because Letha was, uh, she was a very interesting, unique person that God would use in incredible ways. She was a tremendous artist, excellent artist. And God would use her to give a word to the church almost on a constant basis. And if she raised her hand, I had no uh, reservation at all about hearing what word she had. And when it came, it would often be very poetic, and it would just flow. And anyway, we were talking about her gifts and giftedness that God would use her in. And as I was sitting there, I'm thinking... Jeff, God's going to use you like that. But I wasn't saying that. And then he looked at me. He says, you do remember you gave me a word when you guys were in Oregon that I was going to have my mother's gifts. No, but I am remembering it right now. <laughs> so he has been remembering for over 20 years for that which has not happened yet. He says, I have individual words that I give to people on a somewhat frequent basis, but not a word of a corporate word to the church. And I just re, you just confirmed with him again, that's going to happen. It's taken 20 years, folks. Sometimes things take a long time. Take a long time. But I do know this. Where he was at in his life was not the time. Some of his travels were not travels that that were for his good. But in all that, he just became an obedient servant to the Lord eventually. And that God would open up a door for him to become a minister. Isn't God good? Isn't God gracious? Come on, somebody. Isn't he good and gracious to us? Here's what's cool. There's not one worthy person in this whole room but God makes you worthy. I love it. And that's from me on down. God makes us worthy. Hallelujah. So what I noticed is that Elijah and Elisha had in common miracles of prophetic word that were given. And you can give a word. And you can give to someone who needs something in their life. You can be the one who gives that word to them, and hallelujah, if you've been waiting for it to happen, well, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Be determined. Key number three, Elijah teaches us to fight off discouragement. It goes along with being determined. Elisha teaches us to fight off discouragement. The master said, stay here. And he said, I will not stay here. I'm going with you. The master gets to the next town. Stay here. I will not stay here. I'm going with you. Three times. Elijah says to him, third time, stay here, my son. I will not stay here. I am following after you. See, Elisha was hungry after the blessing. How many is hungry 
after the blessing of the Lord. Hungry for the blessing of God in your life. Hungry for the power of God in your life. As we look, and I bring this to a close, God desires to give you an anointing. I believe that with all of my heart. God desires to give you an anointing. Fourth key is this. Get closer to the anointing, not further away. Get closer to the anointing, not further away. And so when Elisha went up, dropped the mantle, Elisha, Elisha went right for it, picked it up. He says, I have it now, is basically what he was saying. Next key is, ask big. Grab the anointing. Grab the opportunity. So Elisha, again, picked up the mantle of Elijah. How many ever heard of the prayer of Jabez? 1 Chronicles 4.10. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my sanctuary or my, my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. You want a blessing in life, you want something big from God, you got to ask big. You need to ask big. Now, I began the service by asking you, what have you been asking for that's big in life? Some of you, most of you, hopefully, you know exactly what it is. Maybe you even wrote it down, but you know what it is. Maybe it's been something you've been looking towards for 20 years, 30 years, 5 years, whatever it is. You've been looking for God's big blessing. I, I love what, uh, how many you ever listen to Tony Evans? Tony Evans says, Elisha, he said more like, Elisha, as for Elijah, give him a double scoop. He wanted a double scoop of God. How many wants a double scoop of God? Well, let's have a real time right now. You go get ice cream somewhere. Do you get a single scoop or a double scoop? A double scoop. Thank you, my brother. You are saved. <laughs> Hallelujah. You want the double scoop. If you're going to ask something from God, get the double scoop. Okay, now here's where we come and we put the rubber to the road as far as your request for God. If your request, and there's no wrong request, really, but if your request was for finances, for wealth, even the repair of a broken relationship, maybe it's for health, I want to ask that you put that to the side and ask what Elisha Ask for a double portion of God. What would be more valuable in your life? For your health? For your job? For the test that you got to take? For your employment? For a family issue? Or twice of God? That's why I wanted to hold off that question to the very end. Because I'm reading it, and I'm going, Elisha asked big. He didn't ask for all the things he could have asked for, wealth, anything else. He asked for twice the anointing. Twice the anointing. That's what I leave you with today. Because if you ask for twice the anointing, it gives you more to leave to your descendants. Twice the legacy. Somebody here today, leave them a legacy that's big, that's big with God. You can leave them all the wealth in the world, but if you leave them a legacy of God, if they see the power, they see the anointing in your life, oh, hallelujah, would that not be the greatest gift he could give us? Praise his name. If you're really serious about that, I'm going to ask that you think about that even this very second as we pray. That God, I'm hoping, I'm hoping this is your request. 
oh God, I want twice the blessing from you. Your anointing to be upon my life, I want twice the anointing. Ask big. Ask big. You know what? You're a child of Abraham. Ask big. It's your right. Jesus even said, ask me of what you would. Ask in my name. Did Jesus not say greater things you will do? You'll do greater things than me? Right? So it's okay to ask twice of God. Put all of your other thoughts, all of your other concerns aside. Whatever it might be. Health, wealth, whatever. Ask twice of him to come to you right now. Are you ready? Stand with me. Hallelujah. If you're real serious about this, I want you to raise your hand, raise your arm. Hallelujah. I want to give you testimony real quick while your hands are up, your arms are up. If it hurts to raise your arms, I'm praying for a miracle to happen right now. I'm going to tell you about a miracle. So I talked to this, young, this man, Jeff, who is now with Neil. And as you might have known, Neil made a little trip to Oregon just for a little vacation, just before he officially became the pastor at Plainview. He was holding a service at the church I used to pastor. And he was praying for people to get healed and praying for people to get de delivered and, and uh, what Neil does. And Jeff's mom came to church that day. And Jeff noticed she was in the corner with her hand straight up in the air. He said, my mom has been able to raise up her, her one arm forever and ever and ever because she has a torn rotator cuff. She didn't come up for healing. Neil said, I never prayed for her. I never touched her. I didn't pray for her. In the midst of the service, she got healed. That's faith, folks. And releasing yourself onto God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I'm going to pray today that God is going to give you twice what you are even expecting. Hallelujah. Don't find yourself asking short. There's a rebuff of the scripture of someone who asked short when the prophet said to a king, you know, you should have, you should have pulled out more arrows and hit it harder on the ground, and I, you would have gotten a better blessing. But you asked little. So today we ask much, right? How many is with me? Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now I'm just going to lead us in prayer, but, but, uh, this is what's happening between you and the Holy Spirit right now. Father God, we are here today to praise you, O Lord God, for you are holy, you are mighty, you are a creator, and we worship you. We praise your holy name. Great is our God. Great is our God. Lord, today we come before you, and the requests of our hearts are not for our health. It's not for our wealth. It's not for relational issues and challenges. It's not for anything else but twice of you. We want two times of you. Lord, we want more of you than we've ever, ever had before. Lord, I pray that if there's someone here who does not have the strength to raise their hands or arms, that you would miraculously touch them right now. And the whole process while this is being done. And Lord, I'm praying that you would begin to distribute the words of knowledge, the prophetic words, the words of discerning, the words of instruction. Almighty God, I pray for miracles to take place as the anointing falls down upon this place. We pray for the mantle of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, fall fresh on us. Come on, somebody. Holy Spirit, fall fresh on me. Come on, say it. Fall fresh on me. Holy Spirit, Oh, hallelujah. And not just a little bit. We pray for a lot. 
for a double portion, a double anointing. Come, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Break me. Mold me. Melt me. Make me what you would to be. But, oh God, may I be filled with you. Hallelujah. Now, would you just begin to thank God for it? And I mean thank Him, receive it. Go ahead, right where you're at. Jesus, thank you. Father, thank you. Lord, I thank you, God, for what you're doing. Let there be praise in the house of God. Let there be prayer in the house of God. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you, Lord, that you give more and not less. Hallelujah. Thank you, O God. We're the apple of your eye. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Can you put that back up on the screen, that song, guys? Spirit of the living God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Spirit of the living God fall fresh <laughs> on me. Oh, sing it again. Spirit of the living God fall fresh on me. Oh, yeah, this next one is tough. Break me, melt me, mold me, fill me, spirit of the living God, <laughs> fall fresh. Lord, I believe with all my heart that you have granted the request of honest believers who said, there's all kinds of things I need, Lord, but I count foremost, first of all, more of you in my life. Lord, as we leave this morning, may we go in the power of that anointing. May we put the mantle of prayer, the mantle of praise, the mantle of the Holy Spirit, of the anointing upon us, and not just wear it, but walk in it. And with that, all the people said, Amen. Lord, bless you and keep you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for being here this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord.